0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another podcast. I'm Dave Hendrick. And I have no guests today. It's just me. Uh, I do have Guy Drinkle with me producing, so I might throw to him a couple of times. But I'm really bored, so I just thought I'd have a bit of a look at some of the uh, transfer rumours going on at the moment. Give a bit of reaction to those. And uh, obviously talk about the big news that came out last night, which is that Timo Werner is on the verge of signing for Chelsea. Obviously Liverpool have been linked with him for two, three years now. Uh, he has made it very, very clear that Liverpool were his preferred option. But reports are that Liverpool have not made a bid, that they're unwilling to meet the release clause. Um, you know, It's a strange situation for Liverpool at the moment. Off the back of COVID, obviously they want to make sure they're financially responsible. They don't want to overspend. They don't want to put themselves in a position where you know, we suffered down the line. There's also been mentioned that Liverpool weren't willing to pay that kind of money for a player that wasn't going to be an immediate starter. These are all understandable. They absolutely are. But Liverpool didn't spend any money last summer. Liverpool know that this summer, Jordan Shakiri is almost certain to leave, which means that there is a need for another attacker. There's been a need for another attacker all this season, all last season. We know that Adam Lalana is leaving this summer. That's another attacking player. I know he plays predominantly in the midfield areas, but he's an attacking player. And it does appear like he's leaving. So, you have to question now, is Harvey Elliott going to be the replacement for Shaqiri? Does Minamino become the fifth forward and Elliott the sixth? With Divock as the primary backup to the front three? I mean, I think Elliot's very talented. I'm not sure he makes the grade at the highest level because he's only a kid. He's only 17. We haven't seen enough to make that decision yet. I haven't. The manager may have. The training staff may have. But anybody watching from the outside hasn't. Minamino, we saw what he could do in the Champions League. He's obviously a talented player. He's versatile. He's hardworking. He's creative. And he can add things to this squad. But there's a substantial drop from where the front three are to where he is at the moment. And Divock is Divock. He can be really good or he can be absolutely atrocious. There's very few games where Divock Origi is just okay. So it is concerning that we would go into yet another season without a high-end backup, potentially a future starter. Behind the front three. That's concerning to me. I look at our squad and. We have needs throughout. We have a a very strong starting 11. I would say we only need one new starter this summer. Um, I think we need one, one starter in midfield. But. What we need to be doing. And what we need to take advantage of the current position that we're in. Which is we're the number one club in England. We're. At as we stand with the reigning European champions, because the Champions League is almost certain to be cancelled, we should be taking advantage of that and using the new pull that we have in the transfer market to solidify our future, to sign players like Timo Werner, who can come in, develop, and in a year or two become a starter. Now, I'm not overly disappointed in Werner as an individual case that we're not signing him. I've said before, I have doubts over how he fits into our team. I don't think he's a good fit as a nine for us. I think he could be very, very good playing on the left of the front three. Obviously, that's Sadio Mane's position. But as I've said before, I think Sadio will move into the middle. I think Sadio will be the one who replaces Bobby in the middle. So the left-sided position is one that could open up. I think Werner could develop into a sensational player in that role for us. Obviously, at the moment, he plays at Leipzig. They change formation quite regularly. Nagelsmann's very tactically flexible. But when they play a front three, he tends to play on the left of it. Now, their front three is not like ours. Ours is sort of Bobby dropping deep with the other two kind of staying that bit higher. Theirs is a, is a nine with two slightly deeper players. Um, can be him and Nkunku, can be him and Dani Almo. But he generally plays on the left of that front three. And he's been very, very good there. So I think he could, come in, he could have come in and, and developed. Now, like I say, he's not one I'm overly disappointed not to get. I think he would have been a good addition. But I do think we can do better. I think there's players that are an easier fit into our team, into how we play. Myself and Carl have talked recently about what's the next iteration of this Liverpool team. Where do we go next? What's the shape going to look like in two years' time? And it is possible that we go to a box and we would have a front two. Now, he would fit again in that, but again, there's other options that we could go and get. Um, Him going to Chelsea is interesting to me because I don't know again, that he's a, a tremendous fit there. They tend to use 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. They tend to only play with, you know, kind of one goal scorer. It's been Tammy Abraham this year. And then their two wide players, be it Pulisic, be it Willian, Pedro, uh, Callum hudson Adoy, Mason Mount, they're not really pure attackers. They're wide players or they're midfielders. They're guys that have transitioned into a narrower role in a 4-3-3. They're not players that have moved kind of out as Werner would. So it's it's an interesting thing to look at because Tammy Abraham's had a very good season. Very, very good season. Very surprising season to me that he scored so many goals. Um, I had major doubts that he could be a regular starting number nine uh, for a, a top four club at this point in his career. But he's shown that he can, at least in spells. Now, is Werner coming in to replace him? Is he coming in to partner him? Are we going to see Chelsea change, change shape next year? It's a possibility. It has to be a possibility. But if that happens, then what happens to Mason Mount? Because, if they do go to something like a 4-4-2, then you'd imagine Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi play the wide roles. If they go to a diamond to include Mason Mount, then there's no spot for Pulisic or Hudson-Odoi. So either way Chelsea are looking at um looking at a bit of a conundrum of what to do with these three great young players, also factor in Hakim Ziyech has signed for Chelsea for next season. Where does he fit into this? Now, ideally, you would want to play him as a number 10 and give him freedom. So if you do that, maybe you look at a four-two-three-one, 2 3, 1, Pulisic and hudson adoye out wide. And then you've got to pick between Werner and Abraham up front. Now, Werner's the pick because he's the better player. He's the big money player. He's going to come in probably at about 200 grand a week. So he's going to be starting. That's a massive slap in the face to Tammy Abraham. It's a massive slap in the face to Mason Mount. These two guys have been absolutely key to Chelsea's push for top four this year. These two guys look like they were a turning point in Chelsea Football Club. A club who, for the last 15 years, have consistently produced very talented young players and then sold them. Never given them the opportunity. Never allowed them a run of games in the first team. Bought them, developed them, sold them. And most of those players ended up having three or four loans before they even got sold. Most of those players never got close to their potential. Never even sniffed what they could have been if they'd gone elsewhere. It looked to me, and I saw a lot of other people talking about it, like Mount and and Abraham were going to be a changing of the guard moment where we would see Chelsea start to take advantage of these immense young talents that they have coming through. Now there's still others. There's still Callum Hudson-Odoi who's outstanding, but he's coming back off an Achilles injury. So whether he ever gets to where he would have been, we don't know. Um Reece James, myself and Carl have talked at length about him. He's an exceptionally talented footballer. And I would I would bet a lot of money that he is going to be the long-term answer for Chelsea at right-back. He may end up in midfield, you know, five, six years from now. From now. But in the meantime, he's going to be the right-back, and he's going to be really, really good in that role. Tamori, the centre-back, is another one. Now, I have questions over whether he's really a starting centre-back for a top-four team. I think at the moment, he's probably your, your fourth centre-back. Um, I think Chelsea have a good group of third and fourth option centre-backs. The one really talented one they have is Andreas Christensen, who seems to have fallen out of favour. Hasn't done himself any favours, hasn't been great this season, but hasn't had a stable partner. I also had, you know, kind of big hopes for Chelsea next season to get Ethan and Padu into the mix, because I think he's hugely talented, currently on loan at Leipzig, and I wonder if maybe he's going to be part of this deal. Um, that they maybe leave him there, maybe on loan for another couple of years, or maybe he goes there permanently. Uh, Leipzig will make sure they get the best deal possible. But it's just it's a return to the norm for Chelsea, to going back to signing players they didn't really need. Like they don't need a wide forward this summer. There's been talk of Sancho. They didn't need him. Um, they needed a nine for sure, a backup to Abraham. Or someone to compete with him, not someone who's going to come in and completely take over. And Werner's coming in; he's taken over that position. Abraham is now number two on the totem pole, um, and this is purely because Frank didn't seem to like Michi Batshuayi. But it's a strange move for Chelsea. Um, Ziyech is a, is a strange move for Chelsea. It's hard to know what they're doing there. I mean, what they really needed going into this summer, I thought they absolutely need a left back. They absolutely need a starting centre-back. They probably need a holding midfielder. Um, Kante is a great defensive midfielder, but he's not a holding midfielder. Jorginho is one of the worst defensive players I've ever seen in my life. He's absolutely hopeless, positionally dreadful, couldn't tackle a good dinner, soft, weak, good on the ball, obviously, but he's not a dynamic player. like. I don't know, he wouldn't be for me. Um never been a big fan of him, been completely honest. Uh even before he went to Napoli, wasn't a fan of him. Obviously he can pass the ball, but I mean there's a lot more to to the game than that and for me he's just not one I'd want. Um I think Kante, Kovacic and a holding midfielder is what they should have been looking to go with next season. Um and then maybe you play Zajec from the left. Or from, from the right, sorry, cutting in on his left foot. We've seen him play there for Ajax. Play Pulisic on the on the left-hand side, on coming in on his right foot. And, you know, you go with Tammy. Or if they'd gone for Musa Dembele, who, were the, who they were linked with strongly as well, I think he would have been a better fit. He's a natural number nine. Werner's a winger who was converted and has kind of reconverted into an inside forward from a nine. So it's just, it's a strange fit for Chelsea. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the rest of this this summer um, when the transfer window opens up, because they have needs. They've, they've been linked with a couple of players, and I'm going to talk about one of them in a minute. But I kind of get the feeling they're just going to spend for the sake of spending. I don't know that there's a big plan at Chelsea. Ziyech was an opportunity buy. Werner is an opportunity buy. It kind of feels like that's what they're looking for. Even if the players don't really fit, if there's an opportunity to go and sign someone for what they believe is below market value, they're going to do it. Now, for Liverpool, obviously we believed that £55 million was above market value for Timo Werner. Otherwise, there's no reason we wouldn't have made the move. Um, this is what happened with Pulisic. Pulisic was odds-on to become a Liverpool player. And he ends up at Chelsea because we don't want to pay the money. So, on the Liverpool front, uh, there's been talk that we're not going to sign anybody this summer. That our focus is going to be extending the contracts of Allison and Virgil van Dyke. Now, I am a 100% in favour of extending the contracts for those two gentlemen. They are, by far, the best in the league in their positions. They're world-class. Virgil's the best in the world. Allison's top two. And it's important to us that we keep them for the long haul. And they seem very happy at the club. And they've obviously been so important. We we don't win a Champions League. We don't win a Premier League without those two guys. That That's how good they are. Um, But we, we have needs. We do have needs this summer. We need a left back. We need a backup left back to Andy Robertson. There can be no argument about that. Nico Williams has solved the backup spot at right back. But we desperately need a backup left back. Lovren is leaving this summer. We need a backup centre back. Now I'm I'm okay if that backup centre back is Keyan Hoever. If he's our fourth centre back going into next season, I'm okay with that. Virgil is, like I say, the he's the best in the world. Gomez is, I would say, when fit, I think he's top five in the Premier League. And he's only 22, 23. And Joel Matip is, at his best, he's good. Now, he's at his worst, he's average. But average is not bad. Um, So if we have those three, I think we can get by with however You can also play Fabinho at centre-back if need be. We know that. We've seen it. It works well. So I, I wouldn't be pushing for centre-back this summer. If one comes up, great. If it doesn't, not a major deal. Backup left-back is a major deal. In the front three, like I say, we know Shaqiri is leaving. So I think we need one in the front three. Now Milot Rashica was, was linked with us as kind of a Shakiri replacement, probably as an alternative to Werner as well. Um, it looks like he's likely going to go to Leipzig to replace Werner. It's a great signing for Leipzig if they get him. It's a really good fit. It's a natural fit. He'll work well there. Um, I've seen a lot of him for Bremen uh, for my sins Bremen and my Bundesliga team and he's very very talented so I think we need one in the front three I would have been looking to bring in kind of a fourth forward with Origi or Minamino as the fifth and the other one as the sixth and Elliot kind of as a on the peripheral playing cup games and getting minutes here and there in the Premier League but not been relied upon if he's the sixth forward, we are going to have to rely on him a bit more. I'd still like to see us sign a striker or a, a front three player. I think it's a need. Um, as I said, I, I don't think Werner was the ideal fit. I think there's other guys out there that we could target. I mean, if if Watford go down, Sar would would be a good fit for us. Um, there's a couple of others. Like if you look at if you look at Norwich potentially going down. Maybe Todd Cantwell could come in and play in the front three and then transition into a midfield role. Lalana, like I said earlier, he's going to leave. So Todd Cantwell would make sense to replace Lalana. Now, I don't know that you need to replace Lalana because he doesn't offer anything. But Klopp uses him quite a bit when he's fit, the, the rare weeks that he's fit. So we do need someone to come in and play. Now, there is the possibility that maybe Curtis Jones takes those minutes. And again, I'm a big fan of Curtis Jones, and I wouldn't be against that as long as we were signing a starting midfielder. And one of the current starters was dropping down to be the fourth or fifth midfielder. If the backup midfield three was Henderson flanked by Naby and Ox, that would be great. And then you have Jones and Milner as your seventh and eighth midfielder or vice versa. Or, you know, in that circumstance, Milner could maybe be a backup left back. But either way, I think we need a starting midfielder. I think we need someone to come in and add a new kind of a new aspect to this midfield more power, more dynamism, or more creativity, one or the other. We need to always be evolving because otherwise we get stale. I don't think we've been as good this season as we were last season. I think we had a great run in the Premier League. No denying that, but our European form wasn't particularly good. And last season we won the Champions League, and finished on ninety-seven points. Now we likely finish up more Premier League points this year, but we're not going to win the Champions League. Even if you know if it had kept going, we weren't going to win because we got knocked out. So I think we need we need to buy somebody this summer. We need to bring in. At a minimum we need two. We need a start, we need we need one in midfield and we need a left back. I'd like an attacker as well. I'd like to see a sign three. Initially I wanted more. I I I thought Origi would leave this summer, so I wanted two attackers. I wanted the starting midfielder, and I wanted a left back and maybe a centre back. I've made my peace with the centre back thing. As long as Lovren goes, our centre back spot improves. If he's gone. There's no issues there. Um, but the left-back spot remains an issue. The midfield thing needs to be addressed, I think. If Divock stays and Shaq goes, I think we need one up front. That's just me. Um, let me know on Twitter. Tweet at, tweet at Guy. <laughs> Why not? Tweet at Guy. Let him know what you think. Um, wanted to run through some football gossip uh, rumors that are in the papers today. I... Um, England left-back Ben Chilwell is tempted by a move to Chelsea later in the summer, but has not yet asked to quit Leicester. This is worded in a manner that makes me think this is just speculation. Now, Ben Chilwell would make a lot of sense for Chelsea. He's a very good left-back. He is England's best left-back. And after Andy Robertson, you could make the argument that he's the best left-back in the league. Um, which again goes to show how good our scouting was because we were all in on him a couple of years ago. I think he's better off staying at, Chelsea, at, at Leicester. I think Leicester would be foolish to sell him this summer because we're going to see a, a, a compressed market. We're going to see lower fees. We're going to see less movement. I think he should stay. I think he develops more there than he will at Chelsea. As much as I'm not a fan of Brendan, Brendan is a better manager than Frank Lampard at this point in their careers. Leicester are a better team than Chelsea. Like, if he goes to Chelsea, him there, that Chelsea team is not better than the Leicester team would be if he stays at Leicester. I honestly think Leicester are only maybe one starter. Two starters. I think Leicester are two starters and two long-term backups. Like, two backups who come in to be long-term starters away from, uh, from a, a real title challenge. I think if they upgrade on Johnny Evans, and Johnny Evans is not is not bad by any stretch. Johnny Evans is a good centre-back. But if they upgrade on Evans, and then Evans is the third centre-back, that defence is really, really good. They've got a great right-back, great left-back. is a, a monster. They get a good centre-back in next to him, and then have Evans, Benkovic, and James Justin as backups. That's a really strong defence. In midfield, Ndidi's brilliant. Tielemans is brilliant. Madison's brilliant. Harvey Barnes is brilliant. They need someone on the right hand side. Someone who can, who's naturally suited to playing that role. Ayoshi Perez has played there a lot. That's him out of position. It hasn't really worked. If, if Bournemouth go down, and even if they don't, David Brooks would make a ton of sense there. A ton of sense for, for Leicester. He would come in, add goals, creativity. Everything you want in that role, likes to play a bit a bit narrower, which allows Pereira to run up and down the wing. David Brooks makes a lot of sense there. Um Mary Demarel is the centre back I'd go with. I think he'll be back by next season from the knee injury. Natural fit with Saiyunchu plays with him with his national team. He's really, really good. Dominant strong centre back. If they got those two. And then I would be, if I was them, I would be looking for a long term successor to Casper Schmeichel and a long term successor to Jamie Vardy. I think they tried to do the Vardy thing with Ian It obviously hasn't really worked out. Um, you might look to move him on this summer. Um, Damari Gray is another one you'd look to move on. But Leicester are in a really good position. I think Chilwell should stay. I think Madison should stay. I don't think they're going to find a better team for themselves right now, unless City come in for Chilwell. They're, he's not going to a better situation. We don't need him, so we won't be in. Um, he's best off staying there. Uh, next up, we've got Tottenham are waiting for Belgian defender Jan Vertongen to decide if he will, whether he will see out the rest of the season or leave the club before it is complete. If I was him, I would leave. Spurs are going nowhere. Yes, they're in the mix for, for top four, but he's probably not going to be a starter. I'd wave goodbye um, Matty, Lo- Lo- Matty Longstaff of Newcastle uh, has allegedly been offered wages of around 30 grand a week to join Udinese. He's out of contract this summer. He's a good player. I don't think he's as good as his brother. I think Sean is the better of the two. But I think Matty's a good player. I think Serie A would suit him. I think players of his ilk, high energy, high tempo players, can have real success there. Stefano Sensi, Berea, we've uh, Nandes. We've seen players of that ilk have real success in Syria. The game's a little bit slower there. And when you throw in an Energizer Bunny, they tend to do very, very well. He's a good player. Newcastle are foolish that they've allowed his contract situation to get where it is. His brother's also got a, an expiring contract. I think his is out next summer. What are you doing, Newcastle? Genuinely, what are you doing? These are young homegrown players, guys that have come through your academy, guys that have already made that connection with the fan base. As it stands, your fans don't want to see you. As it stands, your fans won't go to the game. And now you're giving them less reason to go to the games. What are you doing, Newcastle? The takeover cannot happen quick enough at that club. Everybody needs to be fired when the takeover happens. Get rid of everybody from the top down. Up to and including Steve Bruce and get in people who know how to run a football club. Newcastle has been a shit show for years. It's a great club. It's one of the big regional clubs in English football. They've got one of the most passionate fan bases. They've got a massive stadium that, when, when Ashley's not acting the fool, is packed week in, week out, no matter what division they're in. They deserve better. Now, from a selfish Liverpool point of view, The takeover could cause us problems because, you know, potentially there's another city then who just, you know, become this mega club. They buy everybody. They, you know, kind of spoil things the way City and Chelsea did um, with the money laundering, with the financial doping, whatever else goes on. Um, So that's a concern for us. But from from I I know a couple of Newcastle fans, I'd like them to be happy. Newcastle fans deserve better. Matty Long, Longstaff should be priority. They should be throwing money at him. 30 grand a week is a fair wage, I think, for him. I think he's proven himself this year. Offer him 35, it means he stays. Uh, next up, City are looking to open contract talks with 19-year-old Spanish defender Eric Garcia, amid mid-interest in his former club, Barcelona. Um, this is a weird thing with City, where they... Seem to allow young players' contracts to run down. After they've stolen them, you know, like they stole Sancho, they stole this kid, they stole a bunch of players from clubs. Opportunistic. And then the players don't really get the opportunities that they're promised. Um, Garcia is very, very talented. I wonder if the Barcelona thing, though, is just his agent playing silly beggars. I mean, the the reporters from the Daily Mail, see, so obviously, take it a pinch of salt, but... Um, City, it's the one failing in how, like, I really like the City model. I don't like how they've gone about it with, you know, the cloak and dagger stuff and the money being pushed here, there and everywhere. But when you look at Chelsea and you look at City, there's no infrastructure at Chelsea that they've put in place for the long term. Um, All the money that has been put into Chelsea is put in in the form of soft loans. So if Roman decides to go, Chelsea could close overnight. Uh, he also, obviously, has shown less interest in recent years, and we've seen them suffer. Um, City, on the other hand, there's like the Etihad Campus is amazing. I know they don't own the stadium, but what they've built around it and what what they've done for their training ground, how their academy functions, what they've done for the community is is very very impressive, and the way they've been set up financially, doesn't put them at the same risk. The Chelsea, rat if Roman decides to pick up his toys and go away. Um, but one thing City do really need to address is finding that pathway for young players to reach senior level. And I know they've got Girona and they've got, you know, uh, New York FC, they've got Melbourne FC. But play- young players aren't going to want to go to New York or Melbourne on loan because those leagues aren't representative of the Premier League. Some of them will want to go to Girona, but again, you're going to play for a, a bottom-end La Liga team, it's not going to be representative of what you're getting in at the high end of the Premier League. Um, City need to find a pathway. It's it's one of the surprises of the Pep era, is that there hasn't been more emphasis on youth in the first team. Phil Fodden the only one who's really made an impact, um, or really been given the opportunity to make an impact. Um, Manchester United are preparing to offer 19-year-old English fullback Brandon Williams, a new contract with an improvement on his current 4,000-a-week salary after impressing this season. As far as I can remember, he only got that contract like six months ago. This is one of the problems for United, is that they just keep spoiling people with money. Adnan Yanezai was superbly talented. And if they had just been smart and given him the type of contract you give to an 18, 19-year-old, I think he would still be there and be an important squad player. He had so much potential. They chucked 30 grand a week at him, and it spoiled him because he no longer had to work as hard. Now, I don't know that Williams is the same type of personality, but I wouldn't be looking to give him major money unless he's got less than two years on that current contract, and I don't think he has. I wouldn't be going near that contract. Give him the carrot. Make him work for that contract. Has to be more than 15 games. I want to see a full season of what he can do before I start lumbering more money to him. He's really talented. I I think he's going to be long-term. He's probably the the England left-back. I think he, he will overtake Chilwell. Um. He's very, very talented. Him and Greenwood are, are special. They've got two special players there. But I wouldn't be looking to give him a new contract. Not this early. I think that's foolish behaviour. Um, Liverpool could wrap up the Premier League title at 9pm on a Sunday night against Everton as their first two games have both been moved to evening kickoffs. offs um, Okay. That's weird. 9 o'clock on a Sunday? So the game's going to be, what, 7 o'clock on a Sunday? That's bizarre. Don't know that I've ever seen an English game at 7 o'clock on a Sunday. But if it's what they're having to do to fit games in, then fine. Either way, we're going to wrap it up. Um, it's going to be great. It'd be, it would be better to win it against Everton, just you know, because we could lord it over them forever. Arsenal may be willing to sell Scotland defender Kieran Tierney to Leicester just 12 months after he moved to the Emirates. Right. <laughs> I don't know who makes decisions at Arsenal but if this is a decision that they're even considering it's it's incredibly stupid um, Kieran Tierney if he was fully fit and at the very top of his game he would be the best left back in England he is at his very best, he's better than Andy Robertson he's better than Ben Chilwell And he's better than any of the rest of them you can name. He's had a dreadful year with injuries. But for them to give up on him this early would be absolutely stupid. Now, I know they've got Saka. And we've talked a bunch about Saka on on another podcast myself, and Guy. And he's a superbly talented player. But he's not really a left-back. He just plays there because they don't have anyone else. Because Kolasinic is a disaster and Tierney's been injured. He's not a left-back. And you're going to stunt him if you make him a left back. I think it's not like a trend situation. If you want to make him a wing back, that's fine. But then you make Tierney one of your three centre backs. Um, Leicester would make sense for him if they if they were to sell Chilwell and they could get Tierney in. Yeah, I'd do that. If I could sell Chilwell for fifty million and get Kieran Tierney for ten to fifteen, I would do that without even a second thought. I would do that. Brendan Rodgers obviously worked with Tierney for a couple of years at, at, at Celtic. Um, knows how good he is. Defensively, he's he's better than Chilwell. Um, he's a different type of player going forward, but he's really, really good going forward as well. Um, I would be, if I was a Leicester fan and that was a real possibility, I would be in favour of it because you're getting a really, really good player. He's only, what, a year or two older than Chilwell? A year, maybe? And it's just... It's so typically Arsenal. There's, a, like, I read yesterday that City are looking at, at um, oh, the kid from AC Milan, whose name I can never remember, um who was a former Arsenal Academy player. Benesur. Yeah, Benesur, yeah. He, he's, he was really good. Arsenal just let him go. Danielle Mallon, at uh, PSV, let him go. Serge Gnabry, let him go. Jeff Rennie Adelaide, let him go. Like, what are they doing at Arsenal? They get these immense young talents in and just bin them off. And then they go on to be superstars elsewhere. Letting Kieran Tierney go would be a disaster for Arsenal. It would be a great buy for Leicester. Um, Barcelona and France Ford, Antoine Griezmann says he intends to finish his career in MLS. That comes as a surprise to absolutely nobody. And nobody should really care. Uh, Croatian midfielder Ivan Rakitic will discuss a potential return to his former club Sevilla. Barca need rid of him. They absolutely need rid of him. Um, and Sevilla would make sense for him and for, for Sevilla. That's a good move for all for all parties. That's a really good move for all parties. Uh, Juventus midfielder Adrian Rabiot is a target for Ar- for Everton and Arsenal. But the Frenchman will not accept a wage cut to leave the Syria side. He would be brilliant for Arsenal. Absolutely brilliant. He's a magnificent footballer. He would make so much sense for Arsenal. His wages aren't crazy. Um they're certainly not a fraction of what they're paying Mezidosal to, you know, do whatever it is Mezidostal has done for the last couple of years. Uh, he's far too good to go to Everton. Let's be clear on that. Now, Carlo might have the sway to bring him in but I doubt it uh but he'd be great for Arsenal if you get him Torreira and add one more in midfield that's their midfield set they could be really really strong in that position that's a position that's been a major issue for them over the last couple of years uh Rabio would go a long way towards solving that hasn't really worked from a at, at, at Juve but I mean they're they're a strange club at the moment um No one really seems to know what's going on with Juve in terms of their long-term planning. Uh, Germany midfielder Kai Havertz is a target for Real Madrid, but Bayer Leverkusen Sporting Director Simon Rolfs says the Bundesliga club are yet to make a decision on the 20-year-old's future, as if they have a say. Here's the decision, son. If you make top four, you have about a 15% chance of keeping them. If you don't, you have none. Kai Havertz should not go to Real Madrid. Real Madrid will be the worst possible club for him to go to. Real Madrid... Any young player should avoid Real Madrid like the plague. You look at what they've done to Odegaard, Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo, Jovic. All of these young players came in. Adam Militao, um, Theo Hernandez, I could go on... Uh, Hakimi like all these immense young talents none of them getting regular starts for Real Madrid could have gone anywhere these players were wanted by everybody they all went to Real Madrid none of them getting regular starts all good enough to start not like Real are particularly good but they sign rodrigo and then they sign eden hazard with his massive arse. Who's going to play? Vinicius came in last season, was, was very good, plays left wing, Eden Hazard. Oh, there we go. You go to the bench now, young man. Um, You know, you look at Isco's gone there and, and what's happened to his career, James Rodriguez. It just, if you're a young player, Real Madrid is, needs to be your last move. When you're twenty six, twenty seven, then you go to Real Madrid. When you're already established as the the superstar, Real don't ever make a superstar. It's rare. It's very rare for them to make a superstar. Players go there as superstars, or you know, as top end players like a Modric, Cruz, not superstars, but you know, widely recognised as as top class. And they just stay at that level. Very few go to Real and improve. You could argue Ronaldo went there and improved, but did he really? Because his second-to-last season at United, I think, was probably the best of his career. Um, I don't know that he was ever better than that. I think he became far more one-dimensional at Real. I think his game was streamlined, but I don't think he was a better player at Real than he was at United. Um, So Kai Havertz, say no to Real. Come to Liverpool. Come to Liverpool, you'd be much better off. Start for us. Play for Klopp. Play with great players. We're better than them. Makes all the sense. Um, Sporting Lisbon's Portuguese goalkeeper Diogo Pinto is expected to sign a contract with Manchester City when he turns 16 later this one. This is what I was talking about. City stealing young players um, from other clubs around the world. Uh, I don't know anything about this kid. I'm not going to pretend that I do. He is obviously talented enough. Though if they want him, they've been signing young goalkeepers a bit, quite a bit o- of the over the last couple of years, um, for reasons known only to themselves. Um, Real Madrid are interested in Borussia Dortmund's uh, Jaden Sancho. Uh, see just what I said about uh, ha- uh, Havertz and move on. Um, it would be a bad move for him. It would he'd be better he's he his best move this summer is staying where he is. I believe he will stay where he is if the prices go down. I don't think Dortmund sell him because they know that eventually they'll reinflate and um and they'll get the the hundred and twenty million that they want for him. Juventus have approached Barcelona with a view to signing French attacker Usman Dembele on loan this summer now we've recently been linked with a loan I think that has been um you know, dismissed by certain quarters of of the local journalists. I didn't realize he's only got two years left in his contract. So if you can buy him this season, next season he's only going to have one year left in his contract. So you'll probably get him on the cheap. So if I was Juventus or Liverpool, I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't be looking for an option to buy because with an option to buy, you're pre agreeing a fee, and you're pre agreeing that fee based on two years left in the contract. I would just take it as a straight loan. If he does well next summer you go in and you say, look, this guy's only got one year left in his contract, we'll give you this amount. And and you work from there. Um don't agree anything now, because otherwise you're setting yourself up for failure. Um Manchester United manager Oli Gunnar Solskjaer hopes of <laughs> hopes of boosting transfer funds through the sales of Marcus Rojo, Chris Smalling, and Alexis Sanchez are set to be hit by the financial impact of coronavirus. No. No, they're being hit by the impact of those players being shit. Alexis Sanchez is on about 450 grand a week at United. Nobody was giving them any money for him. He was leaving. He's leaving on a free, and then they're paying him a boatload of money to go away. That's what's going to happen there. He seems to want to stay at Inter Milan. Inter are max going to give him about 150 grand a week. United then have 300 grand a week, which is 15 million quid (laughs) to make up on that deal. That's the current situation. They're currently paying him 15 million a year to play for somebody else. Uh, I think he's got one year left in his contract. So that's basically what's going to happen there. There's 15 million out the budget. Chris Malling, in his defence, he's done okay at Roma this year. Not nearly as well as people have tried to pretend. But he's done okay. Um, you're still not getting a whole bunch of money from him. You might get five million max. That's about it. And Rojo, he, he wants to go home, doesn't he? Doesn't he want to go to Argentina or stay in Argentina? Because I think that's where he is. He's with um, Estudio Dentes. I think that's where he is. Nobody in Argentina is paying big money for him. Um, oh, the, the next one here. He's set to return as the club go after Champions League spot. As uh, the manager has admitted, it's unlikely he'll see it his loan spot. First of all, he's trouble. I wouldn't want him near my squad. Second of all, he's garbage. Cut bait. Pay him out his contract and let him go about his business. You don't want him anymore. Um, Tottenham have ended their interest in Philip Coutinho. Because of his massive salary. That makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. They knew he was on massive money to begin with. He's also not a player they need, not a player that fits well for them. I, I think that was always a garbage story. Uh, Bournemouth's Ryan Fraser is set to leave the club this summer and could be one of the most in demand players in the league. By who? Like, has anyone watched him play this year? Uh, I've seen a few people suggest that he's good enough to play for a top four club. I think all of those people need to get their eyes tested. Uh, he's a very average player. Um, Mid-table is, is his is his upper limit. I don't know where he goes. I don't see much demand for him this summer. Um... I'd be staggered if a top club signed him. Very strange. PSG want €175 million in cash from Barcelona for Neymar. Do they want it in a bag? Do they want us to count it out for them? That makes no sense. It's very strange. Uh... Manchester United and Liverpool are tracking 17-year-old English striker Ricky Jade Jones, who plays for League One side Peterborough. Now I've seen a little bit of him. Uh, he looks really, really talented. Very, very quick. Um, seems very level-headed. Has kind of. I read an interview with him the other day where he said, like, the most important thing for him is making sure he's, you know, playing games and progressing. He might be one you buy to loan back. I've seen him compared to Vardy. Seems fairly apt uh, stylistically. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've seen us do this before, Harvey, Sepp, last summer. Maybe this summer we'll sign a couple more. Um, Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Premier League has won against broadcasters as plans for extra microphones, cameras and interviews have been rejected. Well, extra interviews I can understand um, because of, of COVID-19. Extra microphones, that could be embarrassing um, when you hear what certain players say on the pitch, when you hear how referees are spoken to and you hear what managers say, uh, when the stupidity of certain people gets exposed. That could be embarrassing. Extra cameras, though, I would have thought would have been a good thing. Um, it seems like a strange win, but, you know, whatever. Uh, former Newcastle boss Sam Allardyce has warned English midfielder Matty Longstaff that a money-driven switch to Udinese would be a dangerous move. This is a man who lost the England manager's job for taking backhanders. Who on earth is he to talk to anybody about money-driven... Oh, Jesus Christ. Get him out of the news. Um, German Burgos, 51, will leave his role as assistant manager at Atletico Madrid this season. Uh, to pursue a career as a head coach. That's a big, big loss for them. Um, he's a huge part of Simeone's backroom team. He's a huge part of the success they've had there. Um, now, it's come from Marca, which is obviously Real Madrid's fanzine. So, uh, it may just be them trying to unsettle things, but it's a big loss if if it does happen. Um, Jesse Marsh who is Red Bull Salzburg manager, has been touted as a successor to Lucien Favre at Dortmund. Well, I'm fully in favour of replacing uh, Lucien Favre. Absolutely replace him. He's just not good enough to manage a club like Dortmund. He, I think a good manager wins them the league this season probably by 10 points. Um, They're going to lose the title this season probably by about 6 to 8 points. Um, and it's largely down to him. He just he has no idea what he's doing there. Um, the team are so passive. He doesn't take advantage of what he has at his disposal. Just very, very strange. And he doesn't treat the players properly either. Like Look what he's done to Sancho. Sancho. One of the reasons Sancho was talking about leaving was because of this dude. Uh, I don't know that Jesse though is ready for that kind of job. Um, I'd like to see him spend another year at Salzburg. And maybe then have an in-between move. But yeah, I mean he's a good manager, but I just don't think he's good enough to go there. Um that's it. That's pretty much all the news and gossip we have at the moment. Um that's from the last two days. It's just using the BBC's gossip accumulator, um, if anyone's wondering where those are from. Um purpose of this was literally just to put something out, give you something to listen to. I know obviously a lot of people uh with the the pinch of coronavirus aren't you know looking for any extra expenses and maybe have cut back um now the numbers have held really well on pro but you know i know a lot of people just you know aren't in a position to pay for for content at the moment so i I wanted to put something out Um, i was also quite bored um so you know wanted to have a bit of a chat to myself um it's been an hour of me i know that's a lot for some people probably for all people except for me um you did get to hear Guy Drinkle once, which was, you know, tremendous. Um, how are you, Guy? Have you have you in, enjoyed your Friday so far? Yeah, it's been all right. So I'm back on FM, getting my Leicester team fucked up because it's getting worse. But, okay, that's all right. <laughs> that's about it. So, Guy, you'll soon be getting fired by Leicester City. Presumably, FM, yes. Is, yes. Yeah, yes. that's a good deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I recently did purchase a copy of FM, first time ever, um, and uh, at some point I will partake in a game, but um, for now, um, I'm just catching up on, on reading and, you know, walking the dogs and living in a real rural place, not like that downy fella living in his urban palace, uh, I live rural, um, that's it, That that's me for today. I might try and do this again uh, if there's any interest in it. If there's not, tell me to shut up and go away. But if there is, just tweet to the Anfield Index. Let them know that you'd like me to do a few more of these. Um, I can maybe do a couple a week if if if, if need be. Um, just to put some content out there. Give you something to listen to uh, and maybe break up the the boredom of the remaining lockdown weeks. Until then, please stay safe. If you are partaking in any of the protests, be very careful. And if you get confronted by the police, take out your phone and record every bit of it because they're less likely to act if they know they've been recorded. It's not to say all police are bad, not by any stretch. 99% of them are amazing people who do great things. But there is the 1% in all walks of life. There's 1% of Liverpool fans are absolute arseholes there's 1% of every group of people you can put together are absolute arsels The 99% are who we should, you know, look to engage with. The 1% are who we need to be wary of. So stay safe out there. And uh, in the words of Trev Denny, be kind to your fellow Reds. Network.